You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. From Chicago and Jersey to the magic of Zoom, this is the Chavrusa. I'm Avram Kivalevich. I'm Kalman Morch. And uh, although Kalman says, stop talking about COVID, stop talking about COVID already. We want these classes, we want these lectures, we want these ideas that we talk about to have something way beyond that people listen to it years from now. Kalman, what can I tell you? With everybody going back, opening up, I think once again we are confronted with some of the issues that we had in the society uh, that are still with us. True, COVID sort of allowed us to forget about it. But now that we're back interacting with masks on, of course, and there's a new thing perhaps to get nervous about, but all those old things that people are always nervous about in social interaction, especially in the show, the things that bother you, like when someone is talking during a time of the davening when what's demanded is complete silence and just listening to the Shriach Tzibor. Or in the morning when somebody, <laughs> again, it's not going to happen that much, but it reminds me when you have your tefillin on and your tefillin are somehow not in the right place. Or scores of other types of behavior, which we're going to see when we're going to be more involved with people. The type of behavior that will cause a person to say, you know, pardon me, but you're doing this wrong. <laughs> and maybe without the pardon me actually come on strong and talk about how and shush the person during davening. Go over to the person and, and, and gesture how his tefillin are on wrong. In other words, what was known in our parlance as being mochiach, showing the person the right way, that's going to return. And as we've talked about, tokochah is a big issue. On one hand, we love each other. We are in this together. But yet, we know the way people react. The Gemara in Eirechen already says that and the average, the standard reaction of Tarfon said when someone gives a person is to shoot back, is to become defensive. Who are you to give me You've got something worse. I've got a kiss in between my teeth. You've got a kaira between your eyes. So, Kalman, maybe it's time to talk about, as we re-engage in a softer, gentler way, as much as we're into shaming and, 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 and calling people out on social media, maybe it's time for us to talk about Teichocha. Uh, I, I, I hear, I mean, I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to address um, the first part, which is why you believe that this is more relevant now. But uh, I, I think that uh, the the idea of tochacha, I, I know you're quoting the Chazal, the Gemara, that says that uh, people don't really accept tochacha anymore. And uh, I, as you know, the next part of that Gemara is Rabbi Lazar Nazario says the the real issue is that people uh, don't know how to give tochacha. And uh, are you? Um, I think this, one of the understandings is that these two sages are disagreeing, that um, the issue isn't with the people's inability to to receive the Musr, 
but uh, more to to give the Musser. I, I, we we do have to figure out. Um, I think everyone has this question all the time. We see people who are doing things, and we want to say something, and either we're not sure how to say it, or, or we're afraid it's not going to be accepted, and we end up um, walking away, not having said something, and then feeling guilty because maybe we're responsible for that person. Or, or in the case where we did say something, it uh, doesn't always uh, pan out so well. So I'd like to suggest that what we need to do is actually address this Gemara, but not uh, accept the uh, approach that, listen, nobody's going to accept it anyway, so we should all mind our own business. I, I don't think that's an option, and I don't think a society can function that way. If you don't have people um, helping each other and uh, helping each other improve, it's a strange thing. You know, if a, if a, if a guy, I, I found this to be, to be so true. If you, if you see someone who's uh, doing something mechanical or, or they have a phone, and they're using their phone, and you tell them, by the way, did you know that if you uh, press these three buttons at the same time, it'll create a shortcut to allow you to do something. People are very often grateful for this. And yet, if you tell someone, did you know that Allah actually says, when you wash your hands from the tilas yadayim, you know, half the people who are washing their hands from the tilas yadayim are doing it wrong. They're washing their hands only till... Um, until um, half the hand gets wet, they they start making the bracha um, while they're still washing, or after their hands are already dry, or they talk. Um, um, you know, after washing one hand, they start talking, and all these things that people are doing because they don't know. And if I were to say something, I think very often people become insulted or embarrassed. And I think we need to do a better job of, number one, giving over to people that you have to learn to be okay with Musser, with being with people correcting you. But number two, I agree, we, we, we need to teach people how to give Musser better. But I do think that we have to have some kind of system in place where people are able to share with each other, um, respectful, and uh, I'm sure you'll have to address that, meaning that it's got to be spoken in a certain way, but respectful suggestion to help other people improve. Well, Kalman, let, let's talk about your what you were contrasting. You contrasted why someone doesn't mind the invasion of your private space when the person's actually telling you about some great app or some sort of aspect of the phone you didn't know about. And why is that different than when someone comes and tells you, hey, you're not washing your hands correctly. What you're supposed to do is go up to here or not up to there. Okay, so the difference is, is clear. I think you were implying it, and, and Ramesha actually deals with it in a number of chuvas about telling people who aren't yet religious and, and inviting them uh, to a, an affair in their honor or things like that, and then trying to instruct them at the same time about proper brochas and proper washing. Um, the difference is, just like Ramesha points out, is that one is a very threatening thing. One is actually, uh, the, the person knows, especially if it's in a shul, or it's in a place where other people are wearing the keep on orthodox, that this is a sense of, 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 of lording it over the other person and, and implying the other person is somehow missing something religiously. The fact that I don't know every feature in my iPhone 12 is not something that causes a flight or fright reaction within me that I'm somehow less of the society. I happen to be a, a, an old dinosaur who needs a young person to tell me 
the newest things in technology. And I'm happy to accept that. It's not a threatening thing. When people, no matter who they are, feel that, and even though they know they haven't been religious or they could have been better, but when that's remind, when they're reminded of that, it strikes a chord, which Rav Misha actually says, to turn the person off. And even though it's a yeshiva dinner in honor of this person, Rav Misha understood that you, you, you are dealing with something which is even greater than the washing of the hands, which is causing the person to feel negatively towards Yiddishkeit. In fact, Rav Zalman speaks about it as well. And he says that in, in certain situations, we've got to look, Matilas Yadayim is only a Darabonon, and yet Sinas Yisro is a Daraisa. And if, if a person through Musr, and again, he was talking about people that are not through. But I think the same thing is true. We're all through and not through on a continuum, all of us. And I think that when the Musr is said, it is, on one hand, it's the lavush of making you better, making the world better, having everybody keep mitzvahs, a utopia. But what it really does is also, there's a personality and there's a sense of hurt. And that hurt is something which, again, as I said before at the beginning of the show, creates, what happens is, is the person is defensive and it's going to be almost impossible to be able to convince him because he's already dug his heels in. And it takes a very large person. What I would say, suggesting that we completely dump the subject and just let uh, everyone should mind their own business. I mean, that's that's a very um, American. You didn't um, let me finish. I know I went on. I know I went on a long time, but uh, but you didn't let me finish. Please, please go ahead and finish. So, just as one of the first of all, thank you for the (laughs) musser. Between me and you, there's never a problem ever. one of the, the, the first of all, there's a great safer from Benjamin Zilber called Mitzvah Atechacha, uh, which I'm not sure if it's available on Hebrew books, but it's sort of like the great comprehensive book about Teichacha. Uh, the, the same author, I believe, of the Oz Nidbaru, um, also known as Benjamin Atzadik, I believe, right? Benjamin mm-hmm. Zilber. So that is a, one of the great books about Teichachah. But even a hundred years before that book was written, I believe, almost a hundred years before, the Chavetz Chaim in the Sefer Chavetz Chaim devotes paragraph after paragraph figuring out exactly where, when you see someone doing Lashon Hara, or you're Lashon Hara about somebody doing something wrong, what are the steps to be taken? And the number one step is finding the person of influence, the Rav, the person from the community who is not, doesn't have a stake in the game. So someone who that other person respects. And I think that's what you got to do. We're not talking about letting it slide. If it really hurts you, especially if it's disruptive. And by the way, most of these shushers and stuff, it's mostly about the disruption to them. It's not about the other person's Olam Haba that they're worried about. It's mostly about their slash Olam Haba, which is really their Olam Haza. But what you need to do is find the right Manig, the, the Rav, the one who is a person of influence with that person. Someone well, often that's not an option. I mean, let, let's go with let's go with Shushing and Shul. Let's say let's say there's a guy who's talking, and and it is a personal thing, disturbing me. Now, talking doesn't disturb me, but let's pretend that it does. Um, people are talking, and it's uh, the guy right behind me. They're having a conversation. They're discussing the uh, the baseball game from from uh, from Friday night. Uh, somehow they they managed to, and it's just it's hard to. So I go over to the rav, 
after davening, I say, listen, I've got this issue. What's the Rav going to say? So now, if he tells me, all right, I'll try to talk to them, then I guess I've handed it off as you've, as you've, uh, you know, that's his job. But what if he says, listen, uh, you know, these people aren't going to listen to me. I- I'm sorry, I can't really do anything. Why don't you try changing your seat? So and that's what I would have said too. <laughs> yeah, but, but these people are talking. And let's say, I don't want to change my seat. Why should I have to change my seat? Because these people are doing the wrong thing. This, this, this seat has a, has, a, has a plaque on it that, that, that says that I, uh, that I built the shul. Right? Why should I have to change my seat? Because these people are doing the wrong thing. They're coming into my domain in the shul. They can go outside and talk. They want to have conversations. So what I sh- now, obviously, if I'm upset like this, especially the way that I'm describing the story, which I completely made up. Um, so if I'm upset and I turn around and I just shush them, so then they're going to become indignant. They're just going to become insulted. They may even talk louder and they may leave the shul and never come back to the shul and it'll all be my fault. But if I can go over to them afterwards and say, you know, I uh, I realize you guys are very excited about baseball, but it's hard for me to concentrate. Would you mind um, uh, not being so loud? So I, I, I'm not entitled to do so because they may choose to react improperly. Uh, and that, that seems, that doesn't seem right. So I'm now responsible for the next time that they talk because now they're going to be mazed instead of shogeg. Now they're going to be um, doing it, um, you know, in order to bother me. I'm responsible. Or should I say, that, listen, I have my mitzvah of Moser. I'm going to give them a chance. Yeah, the famous Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara tells us that the tzaddikim are going to be spared by the first uh, Beis Amikdash. Uh, and uh, the attribute of judgment said, but, but they never gave Moser. And Hashem said, but, but the people wouldn't have listened. And the attribute of judgment says, well, you know they wouldn't have listened, but they didn't know. So if you're not sure someone's going to listen, you still have the obligation to give to Chacha. If you know they're not going to listen, in this case, it's possible they should listen. So why is, why, obviously with respect and with the proper way of doing it, which I agree is not always done, why, why shouldn't every person be entitled to do so instead of handing it over to the Rav, who may be even less um, capable of doing anything about it. What I would say, Kalman, is yes to one of the points that you were just saying. <laughs> is it my fault? Yes. Yes. You, as a Tamil as a person who knew, even if it's not Kalman Warch, even if it's this invented person who just knows you're not supposed to talk during davening, that person at this point has a greater sensitivity than the people who are enjoying talking about the baseball game behind them. That responsibility uh, is, is a heady one. Uh, it, what it means is understanding the people who haven't gotten there yet. It's, it's compassion for those people. Maybe Rachmanus. Um, and it's the type of thing that I believe when you exhibit it, yeah, it's, I would say it's similar whether it's Riptarfin or Blazer Ben Azari. I think it's a combination of both. I think the the person probably doesn't know how to give it for this generation. And that person who you're giving it to is going to be defensive. What I think could happen, other than the rabbi, I said, you said, I said, go to the rabbi. And you said, the rabbi is going to say, what can I do? I'm trying to stop the people from talking in Joel for years. It's not going to help. He's worried as well. What can be done is similar to, let's say, um, what Steven Spielberg did in 1993. Uh, or it was in 92. Spielberg uh, invested himself, and not to make a lot of money, 
he was already a billionaire, but he wanted to do a, he wanted to invest himself in a project for the sake of his people. He wanted to use all his his his, his magical music, not music, but movie making talents to create a story of the Holocaust that people would want to see and would change them. Instead of lecturing people about tolerance, and especially what the Jews had suffered, he created an entertainment called Schindler's List. And Schindler's List, as it became the best picture of the year, as it was shown, as it was absorbed, was a very effective way, I haven't seen it, by the way, but a very effective uh, method of distributing that idea. And then people got it. It might have taken years for them to, to see it, but they were able to get it eventually. In the same way that what Spielberg did, I think that we can do as well. Create ways that people understand what it means about davening and shul, and whether it's a movie, whether it's an interactive experience, include the other person without singling them out. Mention in a way that, you know, let's try to understand what a shul issue is. And, And in this way, without zeroing in on anyone, but at least providing an all-inclusive way, oh, I get the message. It wasn't centered on me. Listen, I I think your example is a great one, and I think the idea is even better. You know, but but for me to um, create a workshop on the Tilas Yedayim, because people are not washing their hands, I mean, maybe I can do it, but maybe that guy can do it. But it doesn't seem like a good suggestion, a practical suggestion. For all the things that I mean, people are doing a lot of things incorrectly, and um, you know th- there have been workshops about about talking in shul. I mean, what what, what, what more can you do? And it, it, at some point, you just need someone to walk over to people and say, "I'm sorry, we don't talk in shul." And if they get insulted, they get insulted. But you've got to be able to um, you know protect the environment and make it a place suitable for davening. I, I think that trying to trying to turn everything into a politically correct way of approaching things, and I get it, our society has also create has its own PC culture where where um, the people become uber sensitive. But maybe we should be taking some of that back. Rabbi Tarfin says that people can't accept tochacha. Let's teach people to accept tochacha. Let let's make one big wors- workshop. And tell everyone, everyone's got things they're not doing right. Okay, Take so I'm not. Uh, so, but, but let's do it in a way where we don't single that person out. Maybe let's have the Spielbergs in the Jewish world create a movie this Tish above that people could go to, and part of it is about. Uh, and, and again, the title will be catchy, and one of the incidents involved will be somebody not accepting Teichalcha, and this way, this it's done without personalizing it to the people involved. And again, you're right. The recalcitrant idiots, the people who would dig their heels in, they're never going to get it. You're trying, as the, as the Ramos says in Hilchus Yom Purim, you go to the people who you haven't that experience with, but you're not sure, and therefore you, 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 you attempt to do it in a way, based on the Muki Yosef, that it could work. And I think the way for today for it to work is in this manner. Non-threatening, entertaining, the guy gets it. 
you know what? I watched that movie. I saw that. I, I'm going to be different. I'm going to change. Without there having to be uh, the personal. And I think that that is the way to go. I think whenever, even much worse, take a look at our ridiculous president and everything else that's connected with him and the left as well. Anything that's... I think uh, we're going to get into an issue of whether we can uh, insult the uh, leader of a country. I'm going to give you you Musa on that. Um, (laughs) You know what? If he would, the leader of the country, he definitely was elected through the Electoral College. He's not the leader because he has not led at all. So again, I'm not, I'm not defending the personality. I'm just, uh, there's a, there's a, the respect for the office. And uh, um, I guess you could say I've got a coda between my eyes, but, but still. Still, you got something in your teeth. Okay, here's my, I don't know, my teeth. <laughs> you know what? I, Trump doesn't get past my toenails. But anyway, here's the thing. Um, and I say, believe me, again, yeah, he, he's fired. And, and this Bar Hashem has fired him completely. So anyway, the point, though, is, is that we live in that Trumpy world, that world where everybody harps, shouts, shoots back at each other. I, it is so poisonous that it's so hard to, to come up with anything. But I do that's believe... The, that's the other extreme. I'm not suggesting that every time someone does something wrong, you're now entitled to call them names uh, or, or give them nicknames. I, I'm not suggesting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I am suggesting, uh, and obviously with respect and with the appropriate way of doing it, yeah. that there should be a, an opportunity to uh, tell people and educate people and, and, and that people need to be more open to it and again, I know we've got to we've got to close, but I'd just like to uh, get one more thought from you, because you mentioned you mentioned having the the rabbi. Now, the rabbi obviously most of the time is is even less uh, able to do so than individuals. People, there are some people, there are places I've heard of shuls that have the shushing rabbi, where 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 he's the one that goes around reminding people not to talk during davening. But I, I think in general. Um, you know, it used to be in the Heim, the, every, every shtetl had a Magid. And the Magid was someone who was well-respected and loved by everyone. Of giving people Maser, and, and, you know, he was so well-loved by people. And the love that he exuded to the people was so well-accepted that he was able to do so. Now, where's the place in our community for that? Why have we not welcomed the concept of a Magid, the concept of... I'm sorry I'm interrupting, but again, you're really buying into my shtickle Torah. I'm questioning. The Magid of today is is the movie maker. The Magid's talent was not in his halachic precision. It was in his ability to tell the story. It's impractical to suggest that we start showing Muslim movies uh, in in Shul on Matzah Shabbos you know, entertaining everyone while everyone's pointing. Doesn't to you know, send out, send out the memes on WhatsApp. We need, we need practical. We need practical. We need. We need the ability for people to express themselves. But there's a mitzvah of We can't remove this mitzvah from the Torah just because we've well, been overwhelmed not, by a politically correct. But the culture. mitzvah, the mitzvah is limited by the next part of the pasuk. Let's see, so love and unfortunately, yes, you got to figure out how to do it properly. But the yeah, okay, so I am giving. I'm telling you how it's going to be properly. Movies is not the way to do it properly. Not okay. everything has to be turned into into a Hollywood um, 
creation. Unfortunately, that's the word we live on, and that's the way things become muchach. Things become muchach when I don't feel threatened, when I see it there, and I'm able to absorb it. Kalman, I'm happy that we disagree so stridently on this. And, uh, I, I, and, and again, you should take my musr uh, seriously, that you need to open yourself up a little bit more. I'm surprised. Anyway, that's it, my friends, <laughs> for this week. We'll see you, Mir Tzachev, next week. Be safe out there in Shul. When the guy comes over to you and tells you to keep your mask on a little bit closer, your nose is showing, don't take umbrage of that. He's trying to set an example for everybody to be safe in a safe way. <laughs> take care, my friends. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.